hey, we are in Sefer Yirmiyahu, Perik Gimel, Pasuk begins Lamor, and we'll come to that. It's a very strange way to begin the Pasuk. But before we get into it, there's one theme we should discuss. Probably the most common metaphor used to describe the relationship between the Kaddish Baruch Hu and B'nai Yisrael is the metaphor of a bride and groom. It appears in the Torah, it appears in the Gemara, it appears in Navi. It is a very common metaphor. At the same time, we know that when there is, for example, Avodah Zorah or adultery, Znus, Gilu Arroyos, it is described metaphorically as uh, an adultery in the relationship. So now halachically, we know, or we've been taught, that if a woman is divorced by her husband, marries a second husband, subsequently either the second husband dies or she divorces from him, she is prohibited to her first husband. She cannot go back to her first husband. Similarly, if even there is no second marriage, but she commits adultery during her marriage, he cannot take her back. He is absolutely prohibited from taking her back. She to him, he to her. Interestingly, however, we are going to learn that the Kaddish Baruch Hu says, notwithstanding this halacha, notwithstanding continuing through with this metaphor, I will take you back. You can do tshuva and return to me, notwithstanding that you've strayed, that you've metaphorically committed adultery, I will take you back. And there is strong basis for this, not that the Kaddish Baruch would require a basis, but we get it in a Gemara in Yuma, Daf, Pevav, Amud Beis, and it comes from this Pasuk that we're going to learn. Amar Rav Yochanan, Gedola Shuva Shedocha Eslos Tase Shebetola. So great is Shuva that it overrides a negative commandment of the Torah, and it comes from this Pasuk that Hashem will take them back, notwithstanding that we know halachically in real life the person cannot take back a strain marital partner. So now let's begin. As I say, it's a very interesting beginning. Lamar. That word Lamar as a beginning of a sentence does not appear anywhere in Tanakh. This is the only time. So Lamar is something that Radak says it's a continuation from the last sentence. Lamar could mean, as Rashi says, that you're going forward. You're saying following this and then the Navi goes into what he wants to say. Well, also, Lamar has a prohibition in the Torah, the Pasuk that prohibits adultery, also starts with Lamar. There's a juxtaposition of the two terms. In any case, it says, Lamar hein yishalach ish es ishto. We know that if a man separates from his wife, she goes from him, 
Can she go back to him? Of course not. This would be like a blasphemy of the land. We have also had that theme before, that the sanctity of the land is so cut that man's sin has the metaphysical power to just demean the land to the extent that, as we've learned, the Eretz, the land, spits them out for their sin. So we know you can't take it back. The Atzanis Reim Rabim, and you, B'nai Israel, have committed adultery, as it were, with many, many suitors. B'shov Eli Nuhum Hashem. Nonetheless, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, uh, I am prepared to take you back. I am ready to take you back, notwithstanding the halacha, notwithstanding what we've learned there. Moreover, says the Kaddish Baruch Hu, lift your eyes to the mountains. Where have you not sinned? Where have you not committed avodah zorah and adultery? Al drachim yashafta, you sit at the crossroads, lahem ka'aravei b'midbar, like a Arab in the desert, waiting at the crossroads for your next lover, your next temptation. V'techanfi oretz b'znusecha, u'berasecha, and you contaminate the land of Israel with your znus, with your gilu arroyos, with your evil avodah zorah. And as a result of this, what will be withheld from the land is the rain. And Malkosh is the later rains. Lohoya will not be. The agricultural economy will collapse. Famine will result. It's a very viable threat. Uh, Nonetheless, and you are so far gone, you are so oblivious to the consequences of your sinning. Allah may answer, you don't have the ability to be embarrassed, to be humiliated. Uh, incidentally, this uh, concept of withholding rain as a punishment, we are very familiar with. It's in the Torah, but we also say it every day in Kriyashma. Let me quote. Be cautious that your heart isn't turned elsewhere. You worship other gods. You bow to them. The Chorah Hashem Bachem, the Kodesh Baruch, becomes very wrathful. The Otsaris Hashemayim, he closes up the skies. There will be no dew. The land will not give its produce. And as a result, you will disappear from the land. So we just see that to fortify the concept of rain being withheld is a very common theme that leads to destruction, famine, etc. And yet, says concludes the Apostle, you don't have the, the ability to be ashamed, to be humiliated, to be repentant. Halo me ata karasi liyavi alufne uriyata, Apostle Dalit. And yet, 
And yet, despite all this, if now you would come to me and call me your father, you would call me the leader of your youth, I would accept it as tshuva. In other words, I am receptive to tshuva no matter how provoking and how insidious the sin you committed was. For after all, Am I that kind of vengeful God that will remember for eternity or keep my uh, anger against you? Forever? And notwithstanding this open door offer of tshuva doesn't change a thing with you. You do the same evil because you can do it. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu now is developing a very interesting new theme. Kaddish Baruch Hu says, look in the days of Yoshiyahu, he's saying to the Navi. You will recall that in the days of Yoshiyahu, that was the momentary last gasp of Yehuda. A king who did good, a king who reformed the educational system, a king who assiduously, the, the, we learned in the Navi, sent out messages to East City to search for Avodah Zorah and to destroy the remnants. Look at Yoshio, and we're talking now about the days of the Asara Shratim as well. What was its effect? It was a momentary tshuva. Right after you went on all high mountains and under every leafy tree, that's the metaphor for Avodah Zorah, you prostituted yourself there. Yoshiyahu's Balchuva miracle, as it were, didn't last for very long. But Omar Achare Ostar et Kol Ela, and even then, I say, after all you've done, you've done all Ela, Toshuv, return. I will accept it for Lo Shava. You didn't return. Vatera Begoda Achosa Yehuda. And you saw the treachery of Yehuda. And now the thing comes, we know the ten tribes were exiled. We know that here they usually are going to see the treachery of Yehuda. While it refers to Yisrael as rebellious, treachery is a much stronger adjective. Um, why? Yehuda is held to a different standard than Yisrael. Yehuda sinned worse in the eyes of the Kaddish Baruch than Yisrael because Yehuda knew better. Yehuda had the temple in their midst, the Sanhedrin, the, the great Talmudic scholars, and yet they saw they were eyewitnesses to what happened to Yisrael because of their sins, how they were literally taken from their land into exile, and they don't learn from it. Bogda, this Yehuda just is treacherous. The Erechial Kol Odos Asher Nafa Meshuva Yisrael, even with the rebelliousness of Yisrael Shalachtia, um, I have sent you a retainer, Sefer Krisusaha. I gave its bill of divorcement. This creates slight conflict because we learned in Yeshayahu. The Navi says, have I ever given a bill of divorcement? 
I haven't separated from in Israel, but that's not true. Here it's saying the etain is sefer kisuseha. The Radak says you're talking about Israel, the ten tribes. They got its bill of divorcement in the sense that they are in exile. And even when they come back, they will never be the independent Israel they were before. There will be no malchus, there will be no continuity of kingship, while in Yehuda, we know, we are guaranteed that in the Geula, the Davidic dynasty will be restored. So the Chrysos, the divorcement, is for Israel. And again, Yehuda saw this. They saw what it did. And therefore, their punishment is gamhi. And notwithstanding what they saw, they go into prostitution and avodazara. And incidentally, we should have pointed out, Znus doesn't necessarily mean physical adultery. It doesn't rule it out. But basically you're talking, it could be Avodah Zara, a metaphor for Avodah Zara, or it could be literal Gilu Arayos. In fact, it could be both. So, so what does all of this ultimately mean? You have Yeshayahu saying that at some point there'll be redemption. And you have Yirmiyahu saying... You know, you're pretty hopeless. Right, but... Nothing, no, nothing, nothing convinces you to do tshuva. I mean, and, and I assume he's talking to the leadership, the direction given to the people by the leadership of Israel and the Jews, because he's not talking about individual Jews, some of who are pious, right? Right. right so, so does this just mean that the situation just goes on until it well, doesn't. Actually, he's pleading with them. He's pleading with them. You see what's going on. You saw what happened to the ten tribes. You see what's going to happen to you. Just do tshuva and nothing. Deaf ears. But, 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 but that's the whole point. You've, you've had uh, thousands of years now and no ability on, on, a, on a societal level, at least, to maintain, uh, you know, maintain uh, uh, observance. It's very interesting. We're going to come to this in just a few mishpatim, a few sentences. That the Kodesh Baruch is going to say, "I don't need all of you to do tshuva. I don't need a majority. Give me. I'll take those. I'll take the individuals who want to do tshuva and redeem them." So hang in one second. Continues another in Pasuk test. They defile the Oretz. They defile, they take, as we've said, sticks and stones and carve out gods that they know are futile, that are useless, that are helpless. And yet, that's their god. And as again reinforces, with all this, Judah knows better. They've got all the institutions of Torah. They've seen with their own eyes the ten tribes disappearing possibly forever. And even their tshuva, their, their religious miracle under Yoshio is a lie. We learned that what they did, Yoshio would send out inspectors to inspect each home to see if there were idols there. And what they did was put them on the inside of the door, 
the, the um, icons. So when you open the doors, you don't see anything. You look into the house, it's clean. But when everyone leaves, they close the door and they've got their idol again on the door. So that it's Sheker. That's just what the Navi says. You're living a lie. And Yehuda is more guilty than Yisrael. This is where a light stokar nafsheh mishuva Yisrael mibogde Yehuda. I value more Yisrael than the treachery of Yehuda. Uh, as we've said, uh, the Meshuka is rebellious, but Mibogdeha is treachery. Go north. North here is not as it usually means. Bavel. North means where the tribes have been exiled, the ten tribes. Go there, the Armata, and say to them, Shuva, Mishuva, Yisrael, come back to me, the rebellious of Yisrael, no Mashem. Lo, apil ponai bachem. I will not take my face away from you. He chasid ani no Mashem, because I judge in righteousness and graciousness. Lo, etor, lo, olem. I will not hold your sins against you for eternity. But know that you have sinned against the Kaddish Hu. You have scattered yourself among the other nations, sometimes seeking favors from them, sometimes seeking defensive treaties with them. Tachas again that metaphor for Avodah Zorah, underneath each hill and under each leafy tree, Ubakoli lo shomatem Mashem. You haven't re- repented. Famous sentence, Shuvi Vanim Shovavim, return wandering errant sons, and we'll talk about this later. No Mashem, Hionochi Baalzibachem, I am your master, Vilakachti Eschem, and I will take you. Um, I will take you out of exile, and that's what we've said. I don't need all of you. I don't need a majority. I don't need everyone who resists. I will take one from each city, two from each family. I will give you leaders to lead be who follow the dictates of my heart. And you will see, you will get the insight and you will become wise from it. You will understand what the true way is. And so we will continue with this bright vision of if you only would just do tshuva, everything would be forgiven 8.45 a.m. tomorrow.